Welcome to the Hannah Miller Show. And here she is, Hannah Miller. Outspokenly conservative and unashamedly Christian, this is Hannah Miller, and this is what happened this week. Okay, so we're I'm going to try to actually just focus on COVID this week. We don't have a whole lot of time. There's a lot of data. There's a lot of things that have cha- changed in the last week. So if you want to hear comments about or know what I think about the Simone Biles story that's been going on, I've got a couple of things on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, My Instagram is The Hannah Miller Show, and my Facebook is Hannah R. Miller. You can find those comments um, there. I also called in to Christian Worldview with Tony and Austin this morning, so uh, there you can look up their podcast and find it on Thursday. It was actually the Thursday episode. I'm sorry. And uh, from this past week, it was the second hour, second segment of the second hour. And I talked about David Platt and McLean Church and had some thoughts on that. I might try to write it up or get it out there on my Instagram sometime over the weekend, but I just don't have time to dive into it for this show uh, today because just so much has happened with COVID. So, Let's dive into COVID because we haven't talked about it in quite a few weeks. A lot of things have changed and we need a good update on everything that's going on. So in the last few weeks, daily COVID cases in the U.S. have exploded as much as 150% by one way of counting them. But daily deaths remain at historic lows. So the translation for that is that Delta is more infectious and less dangerous. The panic isn't justified and they're using it to justify more power. Let's dive in a little bit more into that. So on July 27th, the CDC placed Israel on its level three travel advisory for COVID, which is its second highest alert. Israel is the second most vaccinated nation on earth. Furthermore, they're 35th in the world in cases and 60th in deaths. So do we trust the vaccines or no? Are the vaccines working or not? Well, Israel's own data shows 40% of its new cases were from the vaccinated, while less than 1% came from those who were known to have had an infection and recovered. So natural immunity is winning the day in Israel, but no one wants to admit it. And just as a side note, Israel's COVID-19 data dashboard provided by the health ministry apparently no longer is showing the breakdowns of hospitalizations and deaths by vaccination status. And that's important because Israel's prime minister has announced uh, a new level of fascism starting August 8th, where they removed uh, they removed, but they've removed the data that would expose their fascism, which is what any fascist would do. So Israel wants to create a two-tiered society on August 8th of vaccinated and unvaccinated, but then doesn't want to provide the data any longer that would even remotely justify it. So, well, what's going on in India? Let's look at India, where the Delta variant began. Deaths are down 92% since its May peak, and cases are down 91% since then, too. One of, and they have one of the lowest vaccination rates in the world, 6.7%. That's incredibly low. Incredibly low, especially compared to countries like Israel, the United States, the UK, and others. But their deaths and their cases are down over 90%. So July 26th was the 110th consecutive day the U.S. was under... 1,000 daily deaths with COVID, and the 46th consecutive day, we were under 500, and that's in a nation of 329 million people. 
So looking at Sweden, Sweden has, they did retro register a single COVID casualty on both July 16th and July 24th. Prior to that, they'd been over 10 days without a single COVID death which means that it kind of snaps that streak of no COVID deaths. But Sweden still hasn't reached double figures in daily deaths for 42 days, despite the lowest mask compliance in the European Union and only 39% fully vaccinated. So that's just some data for from countries that we I typically try to look at when I'm comparing countries, when I'm trying to look at what's going on around the world, trying to get an update. So CDC guidelines were changed this week, and the new CDC guidelines for getting tested and wearing a mask read, if you've been around someone who has COVID-19, you should get tested three to five days after your exposure, even if you don't have symptoms. You should also wear a mask indoors in public for 14 days following exposure or until your test result is negative. You should isolate for 10 days if your test result is positive. Also, another thing coming from the CDC, laboratories using the gold standard, and I put quotation marks around that, test for diagnosing test for diagnosing COVID-19. So let me back up. This is the test that Cleveland Clinic called the gold standard. That's a verbatim quote. It's the gold standard for diagnosing COVID-19. And that's the PCR test. And it's considered, it was considered the gold standard because of two things, its reliability and its accuracy. And the CDC is now telling these laboratories to find another test as we, quote, head into the influenza season in order to use a, quote, multiplexed method that can facilitate detection and differentiation of SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses, end quote. So what you're telling me is that the gold standard test can differentiate between COVID and the flu. Everyone who's been vaccinated still needs to get tested, mask up, and quarantine if they've been around a sick person, whether they show symptoms or not. And countries like the UK and Israel with high vaccination rates and high mask compliance are not going to be able to go back to normal. Tell me again why everyone needs to use this experimental drug because the benefits are so good. All right, well, let's look at the mortality rate. So mortality data data from the CDC's National Center for Health Statistics and the American Heart Association put the daily death averages calculated by taking the latest available annual numbers and dividing by 365 in perspective that ought to calm our panic inciting experts, lockdown and mandate prone officials and their media allies. So, for example, each day, 2,380 Americans die from cardiovascular disease. 405 per day due to strokes alone. More than 1,680 Americans sadly lose their battle with cancer each day. 474 die from unintentional or accidental injuries. 332 die from Alzheimer's. And 240 lives end to complications from diabetes. Look, one life lost to a virus that even the World Health Organization now admits may have come from a Chinese lab is too many. And with more than 600,000 Americans who have so far lost their lives to the Wuhan coronavirus, deserve a full inquiry into its origins. But the seven-day moving average for last week is a significant decrease from our peak month of January 2021 that saw an average of more than 3,000 deaths per day. This average daily death rate of 223, that's where we're at right now, 223 a day, 
Even as the Delta variant accounts for more than 80% of new positive cases, which is according to the CDC's most recent data, is lower than a lot of other causes of death in our country. So the average daily death rate right now, 223, even as the Delta variant accounts for more than 80% of new positive cases. So that just goes back to, again, show that Delta is more contagious, less potent, less deadly. Um, And so the panic that we've had over it is just not warranted. The death rate has been totally decoupled from the case numbers. Uh, I've got two graphs that I'm looking at of the UK and Israel, both countries that have been most often mentioned for being both heavily vaccinated and having prevalent Delta transmission. So they've both been heavily vaccinated and both have a lot of Delta transmission going on. The UK has a 0.1% case fatality rate in the past 10 weeks, and Israel is at 0.3%. In both cases, are struggling with breakthrough cases despite their vaccination status. So I can't, you know, obviously you can't look at the graphs that I'm looking at, but there's this huge uptick in breakthrough cases, but almost zero uptick in deaths. And so that rate of death, and so in, in folks keep saying, well, it's, you know, deaths are something that come later. Well, in India, it's been weeks since it broke out. In the UK and in Israel, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks since it broke out. And here in the United States, it's also been around for quite a few weeks. So we should have, if there was going to be an uptick in deaths, we would have started to see it by this point. So let's talk about kids in COVID. What are the latest numbers for kids in COVID? And the reason I bring this up is because a lot of the discussion has started up again about kids wearing masks. The CDC, they changed their guidelines this week. We'll mention that as well. But there's a lot of talk going on because our kids are going back to school. So what is the risk for our kids going back to school versus our kids being vaccinated? All right, let's weigh the risk benefit there. According to CDC, 331 minors under 18 have died with COVID right? 41 minors under 18 have died after receiving the COVID vaccine. That's 331 COVID deaths of minors out of 626,000 COVID deaths overall over the whole last year and a half. And 41 minor deaths out of 6,000 deaths after receiving the vaccine overall. And that's since the vaccine rollout, which has just been happening in the last half a year. So that's for those asking for and wanting the perspective in the denominators. So with those numbers, the risk is much higher in vaccinating, especially when you take into context the amount of time that those deaths have accumulated because the one group is 331 out of 626,000. The other is 41 out of 6,000. And the first number over a year and a half and the second number over a course of about six months. So it obviously is a much higher risk for our young people to be getting vaccinated. And that's just talking about deaths. I have read story after story after story of a young person who has gotten vaccinated and had crippling side effects. They didn't die, but the side effects were very detrimental for them and devastating. So the number of infected with COVID in the U.S. has been in decline since January 31st. Even the current spike is only 44% of the infected we had on that date. 
daily deaths with COVID in the U.S. has dropped 89% since that date in January. And remember that. I'll come back to it a little bit later. So on the note, though, of school and kids, Ron DeSantis had a panel on masks and schools. And let me I'm going to tell you who the people were that were on the panel. And then I'm going to give you excerpts of what they said. I'm going to give some quotes about what they said. So the roundtable included Dr. Jay Bhattachara, and that's he's a professor of medicine at Stanford University and research associate at the National Bureau of Economics Research. Uh, there, Dr. Cody Meissner, chief of the Division of Pediatric Infectious Disease and professor of pediatrics at the Tufts University School of Medicine. Dr. Mark McDonald, a clinical psychiatrist with specific expertise working with children with autism, trauma, obsessive compulsive and bipolar disorders, Dr. David Withen, the head of school of Jacksonville Classical Academy, Anita Whitby, Whitby Davis, a concerned parent and mother of two sons who attend the governor's charter in Tallahassee, and Everett Thompson, a rising senior and lacrosse player at McClay in Tallahassee. And this panel came the day after the Center for Disease Control revised its guidance on masking to recommend that everyone in kindergarten through 12th grade wear a mask when indoors, regardless of vaccination status. So, but the experts DeSantis hosted presented a different view of school masking than, then, than those of the powers that be. And Bhattachara pointed to the lack of significant disease spread among children, as well as evidence from Sweden, which went an entire school year unmasked. So we haven't we haven't known about that here in the United States, that we were actually one of the only countries that didn't send our kids back to school right from the get go. And then there were countries like Sweden that didn't do any kind of masking right from the get go. And nobody wants to look at the data coming out of those countries about kids and mask wearing and vaccines and COVID-19. This is what Bhattacharya had to say. He said, I don't think the Delta variant changes the calculus or the evidence in any fundamental way. So if you look at the data from before the Delta variant, look at Sweden, for instance, they kept their schools open, unmasked, no social distancing all year. The teachers themselves, and this is before the vaccine, were at lower risk of COVID deaths than the population at large other workers in the population, and the kids themselves had zero deaths. The Delta variant is coming in a context where every teacher has had the opportunity to be vaccinated if they so choose, so they're protected against severe disease. The evidence continues to show that kids are not spreaders of the disease in an efficient way, and so the masks themselves have a marginal, if any benefit, the the benefit is marginal, in slowing the spread of the disease. And of course, Masks do actually cause some harm to children developmentally. So I don't think the calculus has changed at all. It's still the same. I think, no, it's not a good idea to mask children. And that was from Dr. Batachera. And of course, we've talked uh, before about the dangers and the harm that comes to children developmentally from wearing these masks and their oxygen levels and that kind of thing. The Stanford professor, he also went on, he went on to add that since the vast majority of those vulnerable to death have been protected by the vaccine, the number of deaths has not risen proportionally to cases of the more transmissible Delta variant. And that's what we all just went through that data. Uh, Meisner, he also, he lamented the difficulty of getting out any opinion that doesn't follow the party line. 
before expressing frustration at the way cases are still being counted. And this is what he said. This is his quote. There will be a small percent who are vaccinated appropriately and who may turn out to be COVID positive with some symptoms such as a runny nose or a cough or sore throat. Remember, that's not the intention of why we vaccinate people. We vaccinate people to keep them alive, to keep them out of the hospital. I'm going to insert right here. Yes. Yes. Can we say it again for the people in the back? We vaccinate people to keep them alive, to keep them out of the hospital. An additional concern, he goes on to say, is that the way the CDC is defining a case, they are saying anyone who has a positive PCR essay is a case. And we don't do that for any other infectious disease such as chickenpox or measles. If we were to look at a child who had chickenpox, we would see the characteristic rash of chickenpox. And everyone would agree that that child has chickenpox. Here, 80% of people who are PCR positive have absolutely no symptoms. So that's really not a definition of a case. It's really a distortion of the way we've always thought about a specific case of infectious disease. All right. McDonald, who is the clinical psychiatrist, unequivocally called masking children child abuse. He said substantial evidence shows that children have been medically, physically and psychologically harmed by mandatory mask mandates. I said this and I maintain this position from last April of 2020 and I continue my position today unchanged. In fact, I even reinforced this position. I've seen hundreds of children in the last year come to my practice who are coughing, spitting, sick in the throat, have strep strep infections, conjunctivitis, impetigo, allergic reactions, panic attacks, all from masks. Within another expert, told DeSantis about his school's 2020 to 2021 normal school year without masks or any massive outbreaks. And while Davis and Thompson expressed their concerns about imposing masks on students during the upcoming year. You can watch the entire 51-minute discussion on Rumble or YouTube. It was some great content. And from experts that a lot of these folks I followed all year, especially Bhattacharya, and he's been right on the money every time this last year during the COVID-19 pandemic. I have a lot of faith in what he has to say, and I think he's been he's been far more accurate. Let me just say that been far more accurate and far more reliable than Fauci or any of these guys at the CDC. Look, going back to the data that I quoted right before we went into this about school and children in this panel, the number of infected with COVID in the U.S. has been in decline since January 31st. Even the current spike that we're seeing is only 44% of the infected we had on that date. Daily deaths with COVID in the U.S. have dropped 89% since that date. Okay? Far more people were dying from COVID-19 months ago as we were winding down restrictions than are dying today as some are calling to reinstate restrictions. And then the final thing that I'll say on all of this In Thursday's press conference of this past week, Biden called the current outbreak a, quote, pandemic of the unvaccinated. And this is all I'm going to say on it. If the COVID overlords were actually worried about a new variant, they would close down the border. If they were worried about unvaccinated individuals being super spreaders, they would close down the border. If they were worried about COVID cases being on the rise, they would close down the border. 
if they wanted to close everything down again because they still think it's someone else's responsibility to keep them healthy, they would close down the border where we have tens of thousands of unvaccinated individuals flooding across our border coming from countries that have some of the lowest vaccination rates in the world. Until they close the border, do not listen to any of their COVID fear-mongering. Thank you for listening to The Hannah Miller Show. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Productions. If you'd like to find out more about Hannah or to schedule her for a speaking event, go to her website, thehannamillershow.com. 